Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Third inning, so Glaber, who, you know, it's funny, last year, Glaber overall had a pretty good year. It was just when he was bad, he was so bad that it really kind of stood out on the overall season. So uh, hopefully uh, that would be a nice problem to have for a guy who seems like he was uh, on his way kind of out of town at the trade deadline last year, or maybe in the off season as well. His name popped up a lot, but uh, Glaber, another home run on the year. So there you go. Yankees now the uh, three, nothing lead on uh, the Phillies over at the stadium. And it is Gordon Damer in for Dan Grossa tonight on uh, 98.7 FM ESPN, New York. Um, one of the things that I wanted to bring up there, and we'll get more of your phone calls here at 1-800-919-ESPN is the comments of one Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks uh, talking to uh, Brendan Cuddy of The Athletic, kind of unhappy with uh, his role on the Yankees. So much so, said, quote, I have no idea what my role is. It's kind of uncertain. He went on to say, I just want to play. I don't want to come off the bench and face closers all day. I just, I want to play the field. I want to play every day, and it's just what I want to do. I want to start. I really don't know what else to say. So, look, anytime Aaron Hicks' name, because there's certain Yankees that are in the crosshairs of the Yankee fan because of poor production, because of poor performance, and I think it's the, uh, the Holy Trinity, right? It's Aaron Hicks, it's IKF, and it's Josh Donaldson. And it's the Holy Trinity because uh, those guys, uh, all of a sudden people start taking their lo- the Lord's name in vain when they see those guys come to the plate. Um, so Aaron Hicks is, is a guy who has been here for a while and has been in the crosshairs for quite some time. And for him to have these, these comments, when you, I think the first reaction everybody has, and this is somebody who likes to look at the other side of things, but the only reaction you can have is, is this guy serious? Is this guy serious? You have no idea what your role is. It's pretty obvious what your role is. It's going to be a guy off the bench once in a while. And that should be his role. This is a guy who has not had a good year, a good year since 2018. He's had an average year. I think in 2020 he had an average year. But he's not had a good year in five years. And the only reason why he is still here is because of his contract. Nobody would take him. He's hurt constantly. Last year, he hit two, what was it, 216? You don't know what your role is. Your role is going to be not to play. Your role is going to be, hopefully, not to play at all. Like we were joking, Larry and I, when he gave me before the season, what if I gave you Aaron Hicks hitting 20 home runs? Well, I said, well, he hasn't hit 20 home runs since 2018, and I don't want him hitting 20 home runs because that's a sign that he's playing a lot. He should not be playing a lot. He's constantly hurt. He's not been productive in a very long time. He was productive in 2020 in 50 games. He can do that. He can be productive in 50 games. But generally, he's going to get hurt, and he's not going to be productive. And the only reason he's still here is because of his contract, that contract that, that, that Cashman gave him, which at the time he thought, oh, $10 million a year for an outfielder, that's not so bad. Oh, seven years, that's, that's a long time. And really, since that contract, it's been a disaster. And I would say to Aaron Hicks, who can't understand what his role is going to be, it's like the scene from Office Space. What would you say you do here? 
You were abysmal in the field last year. You couldn't, you couldn't even hang your hat on that. He's a designated walker. He's a guy that has a good batting eye, and every, every once in a while he'll still work out a walk. But his power is gone. He, he's never been a guy who hit for average. He used to have some power. He doesn't have that anymore. Last year he slugged 313. The year before that he slugged 333 in 32 games. So it would seem like I wouldn't think that you would need somebody to tell you what your role would be. It would seem to be kind of obvious what your role would be. You're not going to play. And if we ever were able to find somebody to take you off our hands, we would have done that already by now. And I would say for Aaron Hicks, if you're looking for a role model, look at IKF. IKF gets, gets hammered all the time, and, and, and he's one of those three guys that Yankee fans don't want to see. That's no fault of IKF. IKF, he did last year, he played to the back of his baseball card. That's who he is as a player. It wasn't like he had some horrendously bad year. That's just the player he is. It's kind of the Yankees who put him in a bad position, making it seem like he was going to you know, be this, this gold-glove-level shortstop, which he wasn't. He was never a gold-glove-level shortstop. He was a better defensive third baseman. But in terms of offense, that's the numbers he gives you. That's generally what he does. Aaron Hicks, there was a time where he could actually hit some. He actually had some power and could play center field and had a good arm. That, that's all gone. So for him not to realize what his role would be, I, I don't know. I wouldn't think that it would be necessary to inform you of what your role is going to be. It's not going to be playing very much. It's going to be playing once in a while. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Mike is in uh, Brooklyn. Mike, next up on the Gordon Day. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Mike. What's going on, pal? Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'm a diehard Yankee fan like all of us. Like, we too hard on these guys, man. You know what? I know it's a job. But, yo, guess what? We booed Aaron Judge during the home when he's making – going for the record. And Aaron Hicks, I think he got more on the tank, but we got to stop killing our players. We got to let them live a little bit, let them enjoy the game. I know it's a job, but if they're not happy and we kill our players, don't think that we don't, they're not going to play, they're not going to perform. But here, here's the thing, uh, Mike, it, it, it's, it's not the chicken and the egg. The booing comes because he doesn't perform. It doesn't, it's not like, hey, we'll stop booing you so you can perform. If he ever starts playing well, the Yankee fans will cheer him. But he hasn't done that in five years. How, how long is the road you're going to give him before you, you start, you know, being on You know, he was kicking the ball around the outfield last year and, and thinking the ball went foul or it was a fair ball. Guy's running around the bases. His head's not in the game. Uh, look, it, it is what it is. Uh, here's the deal. Sports is about as fair a thing as you can get. If you perform, fans will cheer. And if you don't perform, especially in New York, yeah, you're going to get hammered. That's the way it works. And we've seen it with, with individual players going back and forth. I'm sure a lot of the people who booed Julius Randle his first year with the Knicks are a lot of the same people who cheered Julius Randle in his second year with the Knicks. I'm sure those people are the same people that booed him year three and are cheering him year in, in year four. Same thing with Edwin Diaz. We've seen guys go back and forth. If you perform, we, we love you. And if you don't, it's about as fair a job as you can have. Everybody's got a job where things are unfair. Sports, it's pretty, it's pretty close to being about as a, a meritocracy as it can be. And Aaron Hicks has not performed consistently 
for five years. He was okay in 2020 at a short sample size. But in terms of what he's getting paid to do, he's not done that since 2018. That's the deal. And this is, and, and look, this is not, you know, the idea that Aaron Judge got booed last year. We played that at the time. The boos were, I, I mean, you'd really have to, you'd have to put on your headset and really tune it in. Oh, was that a boo? Was that a cheer? Was that just people making noise? It happened at the beginning of the season because he struck out in a big spot against the Blue Jays. I think it was the first week of the year. And people were disappointed because the Yankees are going to lose the game. That happens. And you know what? The next time Aaron Judge came up and hit a home run, what did people do? They cheered. People boo because they want to cheer. If you give them nothing else to go on, yeah, they're probably going to boo you. That's, that's life in the big city. That's, that's, that's just how, what you have to deal with. But for Aaron Hicks, I get it. He was asked a question. At this point of Aaron Hicks's career, he knows how to answer questions to not make them front-page news or, or to, to jump off the page. And I'm sure if you asked IKF the same question, I'm sure he's not happy with his role. Here's a guy who's, who's, who's resigned to playing center field once a week now. Who's, who the organization basically did everything they could in the offseason to, to make sure that one of the rookies took over at shortstop after last year. So I'm sure he's not happy with his role. I mean, he, he lived much closer to what the expectation should have been last year for him. And, and now he's, you know, a utility player who, who will start every once in a while, might be a pinch runner, might be a defensive replacement at times. But you don't hear him complaining. So, you know, Aaron Hicks, it, it's like the kid who goes to the teacher and complains about his grades being so low rather than looking in the mirror and saying, wait a sec, maybe I got to study more for the tests. Maybe I, maybe I got to, maybe the, the problem here is me. What's, is that the Taylor Hicks song? I'm the problem, it's me? Yeah, he's the problem. So if you want to know what your role is, I would say it's no role. We're going to mix you in every once in a while. And I would say if, you, if you're ever going to get up off the mat, this would be a good time to do so. And, and not be complaining about what your role is. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. I think it's Shant in New Hyde Park. Shant, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Oh, what's up, Gordon? How you doing? That I'm good, man. What's going quick. on? How are you? I'm good, pal. What's going on? Um, what do you got okay. for me? So uh, I have a hypothesis that I wanted to talk about with you. All right. Um, so I believe, I believe Damian Lillard is either going to be a Nick or he's going to retire next year. And I wanted to talk about this with you. Okay. So my belief is there, there seems like they, I don't know if they, uh, they did shut him down or they're going to, but it seems like that relationship is coming to an end. And the whole thing is Damian Lillard has been the, that, that type of player who has been, I stay where I was drafted or that's it. But it seems like, he like he's given that 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 um, city everything he has, and it seems like they don't deny that they're just not good in putting their player in a position to succeed. But you'd think a team that's drafted players like Brandon Roy and Greg Oden nailed it on both those players, but for uh, reasons that you know injury reasons that are yeah. out of everyone's control, that didn't work out. Do you think having somebody drafting someone like Damian Lillard 
they do everything they can to consistently put this man in a position to succeed. And that's just not the case anymore. Well, at least that's what Portland seems like to be doing. So um, I, I, I'm not sure what the what position he's in with his contract as far as how much time he's left. But with the way these Knicks have been playing their hearts out and winning, I think they need somebody like him. And I can't think of anybody more prepared for New York basketball than Damian Lillard. And he's also expressed that he does like this city a lot. So what I really wanted to talk to you with is what do you think it takes to get that done? Am I crazy? I don't think so. Uh, I, I just I don't recall the exact situation that his contract is in that would permit such a thing. I don't think he's a free agent, but no, I do not. think, you know, it can be done. Anyway. Thanks well, for taking my call. Well, yeah, thanks, Sean. Uh, yeah, I mean, his name has come up before. Uh, there's been people who have pointed, you know, how great Lillard would be at the Garden and that type of stuff. And he has – he just signed a contract extension a couple of years ago, which was like a monster, like 190 or something like that type of deal. Yeah, it was four years, 176. So he still has two years left after this year at basically like $46 million each. Um, he'll be 33 next year. Look, you know, any any team would be crazy not to want a superstar like Damian Lillard. Uh, I don't know if the Knicks are going to be that team. I don't know if that's the place that he wants to go. I would think, though, the next time that a superstar player comes available, uh, that the Knicks will not be – this pastime, they were trying to play it I think correctly, right? They didn't want to overpay. They wanted to, but then they ended up missing out on the player. I don't know that they will do that again. I think that the next time a superstar, and certainly Damian Lillard is that, that becomes available and the Knicks have something that that team wants and the player wants to go to the Knicks, if that ever happens again anytime soon, I, I think that they will, uh, they will jump at the chance. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls as we take you up until 10. In for Dan, only on 98.7 FM. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. The final showdown of the rewatchable movie bracket. Two absolute titans that uh, I guess both would be fitting. I could definitely see both winning. So we'll unveil that coming up at 8.30. We'll get more of your phone calls involved at 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Just a couple of things. Yankees 3-1 lead on the Phillies as they play over at the stadium. And, uh, you know, as as bad a, a start as you can get off to, the Phillies have gotten off to. Between the injuries, three straight losses to start the year, uh, trying to pull off a win tonight. Uh, Yankees have LeMahieu at third tonight, so no Josh Donaldson in the lineup. Hicks getting the start in uh, in left field. And I got to be honest with you, could uh, LeMahieu just made a great play at third. I, I guess it was kind of hit. It was hit hard, but it was hit basically towards him. Uh, he didn't have to go diving behind the bag or anything like that. But you're telling me that the defensive metrics, which are always kind of shaky, that the Yankees lose that much defensively? with LeMahieu at third as opposed to Donaldson. Donaldson's such an unbelievable third baseman defensively. Because i got to be honest with you, based on the eye test, yeah, I would say Donaldson's better, but I wouldn't say he's better by much. 
I'd say he's better defensively, yes. But offensively, it's not even close. Now, the only thing with, with LeMahieu is I don't think you can play him every day. I don't think he's an everyday player based on the injury, so Donaldson's still going to get his chances. But in terms of a third base, if I could have him, if I had one game to win, and, and great as Donaldson is, oh, my God, his, his defensive, man, oh, he's the superstar. He's Brooks Robinson at third. He wasn't even nominated for a gold glove. Oh, he should have won it, though. Wait, well, how should he have won it? He wasn't even nominated. I don't think that they lose that much with LeMahieu at third base. And, and offensively, I don't think it's even close. And, and here's the thing. It, it, what we were talking about before, Hicks and, and IKF, Donaldson's different in that the Yankees are, are putting him in a spot where you are relying on him. The Yankees' season will be whatever it is. It won't depend on Aaron Hicks. It will not depend on IKF. It kind of depends to a certain extent on, on Donaldson. He's the fifth-place hitter in the order. And the Yankee and LeMahieu just played a, a fantastic play at third to get a runner who's just far off the bag. I, I know Donaldson would have made it more effortless, I'm sure, but, you know, he still made the play. But in terms of Donaldson batting, the fifth-place hitter for a Yankee lineup that is very top-heavy, you are relying on him, and it's going to be – the Yankees are fully on board. I mean, you've had Boone say, oh, I expect a big bounce-back season, all this type of stuff about Donaldson. Is that, is that really what you believe, or is that just what we're saying? Because the Yankees sometimes it feels like they just say things – uh, and, and it's not really what they believe, but it, you have to be positive all the time. So you just say these things that you don't really believe, like with Gallo last year or whenever, you know, Hicks last year. I see some good at bats or somebody who's struggling. I, I think this guy's going to turn it around. Do they really think that Tonelson's going to turn it around this year, or that's just something they're saying? Because nothing of his, of his stats last year, either the traditional stats, the new age stats, none of the stats would point to you saying, you know what, at the age of, what is he, 37, 38, this guy's due for a big bounce back season. But it feels like the Yankees' stubbornness to say that uh, based on the fact that they're going to have to play him because you can't play LeMahieu every day, even though he's the one guy that kind of fits in the leadoff spot in the order. Based on the injuries, you're going to have to move him around. He's probably going to play, you know, four days, five days a week. He's not going to play every single day. And I'm sure he's going to be the DH a couple of days as well. Um, but you just wonder whether or not that's something that the Yankees, in their heart of hearts, they really expect the Donaldsons? Or is that just one of those things that they kind of throw out there as, as saying that they, they expect this turnaround? And then when it doesn't happen, ah, well, you know what? We, we thought good things, but then we had to make a change. Much like uh, with Gallo. Or, or whatever player they've had here. the last, Gary, Even go back to Gary Sanchez. Ah, oh, you know, his defensive metrics that we use. There were a lot. The ball just went by him to the backstop, and he jogged after. No, well, you know, the, the pitch framing that we look at. He's like 0 for 100. Yeah, but the power, the isolated power. What are we Are we watching the same game? Are we watching the same player? Brandon Marsh having a bit of a rough game. Had the play in center field where he, he played it into a triple, and then he just got picked off third base running too far past the bag on a, on a base hit to right field. So not the best game for uh, Brandon Marsh so far, not the best start to the season for the Phillies. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we will unveil our championship match of the rewatchable movie bracket. It's next. On ESPN New York tonight, the Gordon Damer Show, filling in for Dan Grassa, only on 98.7 FM. 
Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Tomorrow night, in for Dan Grasso. I cannot confirm or deny. Larry, I have the worst memory in the world when it comes to certain things. He'll always... He'll always reach out to me like a day. Don't forget we. Oh, right, Larry. Yeah. And I always pretend like, no, no, I knew it the whole time. Larry, you're right. And then I'm like, oh, geez, we're on at seven tonight. Now, one of the rules of radio is if you compliment the host, you usually get more time and you get right in. So with that in mind, we go to James in New Jersey. James, what's going on, my man? Holy. I, I can't don't believe. Don't curse, James. I'm, don't get me fired. On, no, no, no. I didn't call, curse. Please. I didn't curse. All right. All right. I had to call. To just say, I, I've listened to you and Larry uh, so many times, and I know when you filled in, Gordon, but you were so strong tonight. Thank and I'm you. walking my dogs. I'm out here in New Jersey in mm-hmm. Jackson Township, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from the city, but I'm a city guy. Anyway, how did I end up here is anybody's uh, imagination. But with that said, I, you're, you were so spot on with Hicks. And the Yankees, and I, I, and I've never responded to you this way uh, after in all these years. I just think you're you you're on your A game, and that's all I wanted to say. I wanted Thank to express you. something nice to somebody uh, today. You know what? I'll take. Com- I don't get them very often. I take compliments when I get them, and I'd like to disagree, but how could I? I think I've done a sensational job here tonight. I think I've hit on all the salient points as Anthony Rizzo. Has just hit a two-run home run. And he's good news for the Yankees and good news for the Mets. I like you're a Mets fan who's not too happy with the way the team kind of sleptwalked today. Sleptwalked? Is that the right term? Sleptwalked? They, they, they sleep sleepwalking? I don't know. What the past tense of sleepwalking? It's sleptwalk, right? Is that a word? Sleptwalk? They sleepwalked? Sleepwalk? That doesn't sound right either. What is the past tense of sleepwalking? Well, whatever it is, the Mets were in like a coma today. But now the Phillies are going to drop to 0-4 in the season, so you feel a little bit better about yourself, I think. So that's good news there as well. All right, let's get to it, people. I've delayed long enough. All month long, the month of March, Larry and I on the ESPN New York Tonight vehicle were counting down and uh, running down the most rewatchable movies of all time. We put out our bracket at the beginning of the month. The 64 most rewatchable movies of all time. The selection committee did the work. And we put together a bracket. And we've been counting them down ever since. And now we are finally down to our chip. Much like UConn and San Diego State, we are down to our final two movies. And we do this because Larry and I are not hypocrites. We do not watch the college basketball season until it gets to this point. Until you can gamble on it, really, with an office pool... That's when, for $10, it's amazing how much people will be into college basketball. But here we are, people, down to our final two movies. And uh, while the NCAA tournament was filled with upsets this year, the rewatchable movie bracket, it was kind of chalk. First up, you'd have to say if this were a boxing match, it would be the challenger, the number two seed. From 2008, it is The Dark Knight. Oh. Oh. Never start with the head. The victim gets all 
Fuzzy, you can't feel the neck. See? You wanted me. Here I am. Is that it? Okay, The Dark Knight, yes! The Dark Knight. One of, you'd have to say, is it me? Is it just my age? But it feels like there are fewer and fewer rewatchable movies. It doesn't seem like they're still coming out at the same clip as they were in the, the, the 90s were the heyday of the rewatch. I don't know what changed from that. Maybe it's me. Maybe I changed. I think the last real rewatchable movie for me is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Quentin Tarantino ninth film. That one is a very, and I would say that's probably my second favorite Tarantino movie of all time. That's how great that one is. But The Dark Knight from 2008, that would have to be considered The Challenger, the first installment of the trilogy with Christian Bale. It will be going up against, ooh, the granddaddy of them all, really. The number one seed, the number one overall seed it is from 50 years wait. ago. I the Godfather. Can't wait. I don't care what Celeste says about a deal. He's going to kill Pop. That's it. That's the key for him. Got to get Celeste. Mike is right. What about this McCluskey? What do we do with this copy? All right, so there you go. The scene from The Godfather where Michael makes his metamorphosis from the, the uh, Ivy League bright-eyed boy to, the, to the, the heir to The Godfather's throne. And it's amazing. You know, I was saying with Don, two very different rewatchable movies. The Dark Knight, I think you rewatch it because it's familiar. You know all the beats of along the way. The Godfather, to me anyway, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's just I'm an old head. To me, The Godfather, you learn something new every time you watch it. Or you pick up different things, kind of. You've been watching it for 50 years. Well, I wasn't watching it 50. I wasn't watching it when I was three. My parents were a little bit more. HBO had not uh, entered the Damer household by that point. A few years after that. I can still remember. I think it was 77 we got it. Whenever Jaws came on HBO, that's when we got HBO. You had that big brown box that had the, the big long wire. You remember that one? People in the studio have no idea what I'm talking about. You had the big, and it had two layers of, of, of channels. And you press that three and that seven together. Oh, boy, there was, a, there was another channel in there somewhere. But that's right when I got the HBO, and ever since then, The Godfather. Woo! Who had, I mean, The Godfather has to be the most rewatchable movie of all time, right? Now, it's, I would say you, you can't really argue that it's the best movie of all time. It's, it's in a very short list. You can either go, to me, best movie of all time, Godfather, Goodfellas. It, it's just kind of, it's 51-49, right? It's about as close as you can get. But that's not the challenge here. The challenge is not what the best movie is. The challenge is what is the most rewatchable movie of all time. Is it Godfather? Is it The Dark Knight? Voting is open now on at Gordon Damer on Twitter. We'll have all the various uh, other people uh, retweeted as well. 
But please, vote early. Vote often. If you're like Kevin Durant and you have seven burner accounts, vote on all of them. What do we care? And we will have the results tomorrow night of the rewatchable movie bracket, Godfather, Dark Knight, voting now on Twitter. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls involved. We'll look ahead to a little football stuff. And going into the football season, could maybe the most successful coach of all time and the, uh, the program that he runs be about ready for a blow-up? That would be the Patriots and Bill Belichick in New England. We'll give you some details on that coming up. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.